Welcome to the Biz and Mayhem podcast, where we talk about the mayhem in our lives and how to get ahead in business and your career. This is Chris Batchelor, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Parker. Let's get started. Hey, Tara, welcome to episode 16 of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. And we have a very special episode for everybody tonight because we are all on pins and needles, right? Right. For the very special election edition of the Biz and Mayhem podcast. Special is right. Almost short best special <laughs> at this point. It is. It has certainly been a uh, strange uh, bit of time here because normally on election night, they call it and everybody knows yeah. the next morning and... We're done, but now we're here sitting in limbo. We have no idea who's going to be president. No, and no, we don't. Are all sorts of mad about that on both sides of the aisle. Well, it's frustrating. I woke up several times last night, you know, um, hopping on my phone trying to figure out who won and who's going to be the next president. And it was yeah. the same BS that I saw when I went to sleep the night before. And it's like, well, this is a waste of a good night's sleep if it could have been. So. But this is, I don't remember this ever growing up. Like you said, we would know the night of the election. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you woke up the next morning, knew if your, your candidate won or not. And now we're just like, oh, we're in limbo. Yeah. We're in absolute limbo. I mean, there's what, five states hanging out and those five states are all critical. Yep. Every single one. Well, with that, should we go to the newsroom? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's just go ahead and kick it right off. What do you got? This is the newsroom. Well, I, I think it goes without saying in the newsroom here, we're going to pretty much talk about the election, right? <laughs> I mean, is and there we, anything else? We, we, we did can have talk a, COVID if you want. <laughs> yeah, another topic nobody wants to hear about anymore. None, none we, of it. <laughs> we did have a couple of uh, things picked out, but I think they have uh, they have overcome themselves since we <laughs> since we picked them out, since this was so fast moving. So let's... I mean, let's just talk about the election. Um, you know, where did did you did you watch the coverage all night, or did you just kind of peek in at the end? Um, I did have it on. I was um, talking with Bo throughout some of it, and um, if you guys have listened to previous shows, um, Bo is my guy, the guy I've been dating the last few years, and so we did this whole um, FaceTime thing and trying to watch it. And like you said, pins and needles. You know, you're waiting because normally you get a state called. You know. It's almost like a race, a, a, you yeah. know, the red line versus the blue line. And you'd get this state called and a few minutes that state was called. And that was not the case last night. You were just nope. sitting there and you couldn't make a drinking game out of it because there'd be no no result if you were yeah. playing a drinking. It's yeah. not like the debates. Right. So, so. I think, uh, you know, I was watching it and, and we were getting frustrated where I was watching it because, you know, they called California for Biden after 30 some percent of the vote was in. Right. And then a couple of the states were hanging out at 80, 90% and they hadn't called those states yet. And it's, you know, it's just a numbers game. You know, yeah. somebody, somebody behind the scenes is looking at the counties that are coming in and the counties that are still yeah. open and the possible votes in those counties. And they're doing the math and statistically, oh, we better keep it open because it could go either way. Well, yeah, know, there's so. a couple of states that are down right now, like North Carolina and I think mm-hmm. Georgia, where you've got maybe a point separating the two candidates yeah, that's very and they're close. at 94, 90%. Mm-hmm. Or ninety six percent results have been turned in, and they're waiting on those last few. And it's like, can you call it or not? Like this, yeah. they're, they're, how is that last four percent gonna make a difference? But I'm not a mathematician; I don't know all the formulas. So for those mathematicians out there, I wish 
wish you could call in and explain it to us because I'd like <laughs> we, to know how. No, don't. That will be very boring. <laughs> we we don't want that. I mean, somebody can it's make magic. an entry. Somebody's been drinking and doing math yeah. tonight. Come on now. It, it's magic. Just, it's just, <laughs> just leave it at that. Leave it at that. That's how I see math. It's magic. Yeah. Well, Our accountant friends are not happy with this right now. No. And, you know, I started seeing a whole bunch of things on online today on Facebook about, oh, we just need to do the popular vote, you know, and. Oh man! I just get so irritated with that because every time I see that, it's like, okay, so you essentially want California, or specifically LA County right. and New York City, to pick the president. I mean, they yeah. will pick it every time because they have so many more people than the rest of this country, and we have a huge country with with yeah. lots of different cultures and and needs for people, and and letting well, those two cities. That's the social climate right now, right? Is be yourself and everybody welcome and everybody represented and everybody this and everybody equal. And, but you want to boil it down to two, one East coast and West coast. Can you see how that's going to turn out in any kind of boat? Well, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's, you know, be yourself unless it's inconvenient for me. And then I wanted, you know, do something else. Right. That's, that's, I think very popular right now is we're just going to change the narrative to whatever we think makes sense to me at this point in time. Yeah. Well, it's like those, have you seen the, um, have you heard about the people, I mean, there's been, it's out there. It's, it's out there. Fox news was reporting on this, that there are not just threats, but plans, plots to protest. These protests have already begun. Mm -hmm. It's been made clear if the, if a certain candidate won, then the protests are going to get violent. Well, but what are they protesting? Okay. We're mad that our guy (laughs) didn't win. Well, well I, mean, I guess screaming at the sky last time didn't work, you know, so now we're going to take it to the I, next level. I just, I fail to see how that's going to change anything at all. Well, like, like somebody's going to come out of some courthouse and be like, you know what? You're oh. right. We're going to change your mind here. Oops. So you know? sorry. Now that you're upset, I mean, let's, let's, let's make this different. Let's yeah. take out the process and go with your emotions. But that's uh, the thing is emotions. Um, in spite of what Ben Shapiro says, um, apparently facts do care about feelings. Well, though they really don't. Yeah, I think this whole thing is very emotional for people, right? I mean, yeah. we're we are yeah. Whether you're voting for Joe Biden or Donald Trump, I mean, I think people are explicitly emotionally tied to their candidate, mm-hmm. and it's. Wait, I think most of them are. I know for me, I'm not. Um, I don't know that I would share. If anybody knows me, I have two kinds of people in my life: those I'll have a glass of wine with, and those that I won't. And I don't think <laughs> That's that an Trump... easy way to boil it down. <laughs> it's, it's very easy for me. Right. So if you've been offered a glass of wine, then you know where you stand oh, okay. in my book. But I don't know that Trump would be one I'd want to sit down and have a glass of wine with because I don't think I would get a word in edgewise. And I'm a talker. So that's saying and I don't think I would hear about anything else other than him. So I don't know that I can appreciate him the way Mm -hmm. that I would like to. But I still would prefer him to his counterpart um, because his counterpart, quite frankly, him and his um, I, I mean, honestly, I think Biden is just a Trojan horse for Kamala Harris or yeah. Kamala. God, well, we've talked it about that. Do right. You think you, so let me ask you this. Do you think you could get a word in edgewise with Joe Biden? Well, I don't think he would understand the words he was saying anyway. Have you seen him talk out in public? <laughs> he, he I is, worry about him. Yes. I do. I mean, I uh, do. I honestly, I really do feel bad for Biden. I do feel like he is the pawn that's being used in the chess game uh, that the Democrats are playing right now. Mm-hmm. And I think that if he does make it into the office, you know, so be it. Not my, I didn't vote for him. I'm going to be honest. I did not vote for him. The Democrats literally scare the dickens out of me right now, given all the uh, rhetoric that's out there. And I hope it's all just a bunch of um, hogwash, but um, 
it, I really do feel bad because I think once they, if they get him into the White House, I think they are going to push him out as a crazy old lunatic that we have all been pinning him for this entire time. And you'll have your first female black president in the White House, which is sad because that's not how I want to see that that particular type of person achieve that particular role. I don't want it to be by default. I want it to be by integrity. Um, so that's what I feel really bad for because I think he's just a pawn in the bigger scheme of things. And that's so. That's so not what's cool. your you know what's your what's your guess? Six months, a year? How how long before they make the move and kick him out? Um. You know, it's, I don't, the Democrats, they don't take much time to strategize. They just kind of move. So you think two, three months and he's gone? I think, I think the first few reports are going to start within the first couple of months. And yeah. then, um, cause I think, and I think this is a planned out thing. Cause as Kamala has said several times, the Harris administration, my yeah. administration, she's well, really jacked up a few. And I've seen her. I mean, this is not me reading this. I've watched her say this stuff. It's like, do you hear yourself when you talk mm -hmm. at all? Well, well, beyond that, Nancy Pelosi, right, was trying oh. to do the 25th Amendment. And Donald Trump was saying, it's not for me. It's for Joe. Right. I mean, he he publicly came out with that on, on camera. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. he, he's not stupid. No. Well, and you've heard, I don't know if maybe my Trojan horse theory was something that went viral without my knowing about it, or if it's something that was a popular idea, but Fox News is calling him the Trojan horse as well. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, it's not my crazy conspiracy theory, despite what Paul, <laughs> or the, what Bo and several others think of me. It, it's, yeah. it's an obvious, obvious thing out there, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, so I really feel bad for him. I mean, I never liked, I was not one that really enjoyed him even as vice president. Most vice presidents are in the background anyway. You don't right. really get to, to know them. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know. I, I don't really know that I'm not, I'm not convinced that, you know, that uh, Trump doesn't have this yet. It's one yeah. of those things where he Trump may. is known it's, for making an entrance, and this is one hell of an entrance. It's on the me. fence, right? I mean, they could find voter fraud in some states, and they could flip a couple of states back for Trump, right. and and then it'd right. be all over, right? Yeah. Um, so I think well, it I mean, would go either way. There's already reports out there that I think Michigan or Minnesota, one of those states, showed 105 participation rate. 105 percent yeah. participation yeah. rates like good I, luck with that you know, i've heard a lot of motivational speakers in my life and all of them have yeah. said well you're supposed to give 110 percent of your effort it's still not possible yeah but usually so, even i mean good turnout for voting is somewhere between 50 and 70 percent of the population a good turnout a good turnout that's yeah. like record numbers you right know? i mean normal elections are like in the 20s or 30 percent range you know right so to have a over 100 percent, i mean let's say okay the numbers were wrong Let's let's give them the doubt and say they got a hundred percent voter turnout. Everybody mm -hmm. in that state, it's just not plausible. You know? No, I either agree. a whole bunch of movie people moved into that state since the census was taken. You know, <laughs> large numbers, right? And, and in a lot of those states, you've been seeing people exit. So well, a lot of you can make a the lot opposite of folks are argument. moving. A lot yeah. of folks have moved. I mean, Texas was looking blue for a while there, and I'm from Texas originally, and I know that they're a highly Republican state and have voted Republican for a number of years. And mm -hmm. I kind of saw them turning blue last night. And I don't know if it was you or somebody else. I was texting, thinking, "What in the world is going?" Texas has never been a color of blue. <laughs> yeah, it's either near blue, right? Blue. And somebody's yeah. like, "Well, a bunch of liberals did move there from Canada or from a uh, California because California. of the tax rates." And thought, well, that's right, but. Um, if they want to hold on to those tax rates, you got to vote Republican down there. That's why right. those tax rates are low. Yeah. Um, so well, no, you, I, I'll be surprised. I don't know. It, it's a numbers game. I mean, you'd have to have a whole bunch of people from California move into Texas to really 
turn that difference. state purple. You know? Well, and it, just because you get a bunch of blue votes in doesn't mean it's not going to be followed up by a huge long string of red votes. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how those number games work too. Well, let's, let's circle back. I want to talk a little bit more about the popular vote, right? Because right. this is, like I said, one of the things that makes my skin crawl every time somebody brings it up on social media. Oh, we need to do the popular vote because, you know, I mean, it's just simpler that way. And, right. and so but it's you, like, you know, to me, it's like, boys, do, you, do you really, really want, like I said, it, you know, if you look at the numbers, basically LA County and New York city would, would decide most of the election. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and so it's like, do, do you really want your vote to not count? And, well, and the, it, the other thing that I think, well, so the other thing I think people forget is that it's not the individual people that are picking the president. It is actually the states that are picking mm -hmm. the president because our country is the United States of America, of America. Yep. and the states are the ones that need to vote for the president. And the way the states figure out who to vote for the president is they ask the people to do a popular vote. So in yep. essence, it's a bunch of small elections, right? Mm -hmm. That add up to pick the president. The it's not one, one giant presidential election. Right. So right. I think, and we really, uh, you know, and that's a big thing in this country that, you know, people look at it as a, it as a whole entire country, but really states and state states have rights, yes. you know, of what they're going to govern and things like that. Well, your, and, your constitutionalists will tell you that themselves, mm -hmm. you know, and your libertarians will tell you that themselves too, that it does come down to the states and that's who should be working together. Um, but to your point of the popularity, but if you look back at those, um, the shows that are out there, like the voice and, mm -hmm. um, Oh, what's that other singing show that everybody, it's on its second, the American Idol. Mm -hmm. And those go to show that um, when you leave it to the popular vote, it doesn't yield the thing that you think you want it to. Very few of those popular votes have yielded a superstar right. um, as a winner and one that actually has a, a, a music career out of those things. That's why you leave it to the professionals who know what you, despite the fact that you think you know you what you want to hear, um, you make very emotional decisions when it's left up to popular vote. Yeah. Well, so, you know, experience is what you get when you didn't know what you got, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I, I'm having a hard time in my head reconciling how, I, I mean, I, I honestly thought that Donald Trump at this point was going to be a little further ahead than he was in the last election. Yeah. Right. I thought he was going to flip a couple more states. And, and I was basing that on the popularity that he has. I mean, you look at his rallies and he says, tons of people there. Mm -hmm. You've got yard signs all over the place. You don't hardly see any Biden yard signs. Of course, where we live, it's, you know, heavily uh, Republican, but. Well, you know. there's, there's still some of the, there's been a lot of um, uh, Trump sign theft versus mm -hmm. the Biden signs are not being thieved from neighboring well, homes. Yeah. But I've had several, a handful of friends who are um, complaining quite heavily that their, their Trump signs sure. are, are gone. Uh, but, but, but even are... with that, you're, you're still seeing plenty of Trump signs all over the place. And, you know, yeah. so I, I just, I, I don't see the popularity for Joe Biden and, and maybe it's just cause his people that like him don't come out of their house cause of COVID or something. Well, I'm really, you know, you know I, I, but... I thought, I thought like you, that would be kind of a, a clean sweep, especially after some of the things that have been said by the Democrats from uh, Maxine, is it Waters? Walters? What is her last name? Does that mm -hmm. ring a I bell? I Waters. Yeah. So when she says, I, you know, she's not going to forgive any black person who votes for Trump, it's like, how do you not, how yeah. does, I mean, if you're going to vote emotionally, how does that not drive those emotions for you when somebody's mm -hmm. like, you know, somebody of that stature who's supposed to be representing a, a certain group or when uh, Biden, and this will come up in career fails later when he talks about, you know, I'm going to shut down the oil industry. It's like, yeah, 
there's like there's a big part of the population that depends on that for their their, their right. livelihood so so to be fair right i mean the republicans and trump himself have not really uh, been all squeaky clean in the no. we said stupid crap department right <laughs> i mean no. trump every day treats tweets stuff out crap. that you're like That's really awesome. i mean in fact another podcast that i was listening to made a good point that supposedly somebody hacked in and you know, Trump's Twitter account and, you know, the, he was a supposed researcher on it. And they were talking about they how they shut that Twitter account down. Well, I they, were, was a big... they, I guess they were saying they was, th- they were thinking it was a fake claim because, oh. but then they were saying, you know, let's say somebody did hack into Trump's Twitter account and just posted like, you know, I like bananas or something crazy. <laughs> it might be you the know? only truthful thing there. The only easy well, thing to hit, listen to. Th- their point was like, you could literally post anything on his Twitter account and you'd be like, yeah, that's plausible. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, there's, I don't think there's anything left that he could say that people would be like, Oh, I can't believe the president said I that. Mean, yeah. You know? He's kind of covered all his bases. He, he is definitely, uh, he's definitely kind of gone, you know, off the deep end with that stuff. And so well, I just, I think his shock and awe factor is gone at this point for, yeah. for most of us who can understand him and, and clear, we can, we know what he's trying to say. You shouldn't have to work that hard to decipher somebody's mm-hmm. um, wording when they're in that particular seat of politics. But for those of us who are like, yeah, there's another Trumpism. That's, yeah. well, that's kind of so, what it comes down to. So this is an interesting question. Do you think that people in the beginning kind of gave him a free pass because he's not a politician, right? And after four years now, they're like, okay, dude, you should have learned. You should be more presidential now. You know, we're kind of tired of all this, uh, you know, all this uh, anger and the words. And, and you know, right. I think people are really, really uh, complaining and hung up on on his, the words, right? And what he says yeah. and how he says things and how he criticizes people. I don't know because we have, I mean, one, we have, there's, I think there's, there's two parts to that. One, we have such a cancel culture on our hands that mm-hmm. most people who say what he has said, they've been fired. Yeah. You know, their, their careers have been destroyed. They've lost their jobs, you know, what have you. But then there's the other side where you're supposed to be who you are mm-hmm. and you're supposed to be accepted and loved for who you are no yeah, matter but what. Let's but be back real. to your that's, point. That's only for, that's only for, for the, certain for pop- the, parts of the population it's for the certain narrative if you meet the narrative and that's all and i I do see that and that's that's kind of what um i think frustrates me the most is this whole and it's going to get me on a soapbox i was trying not to climb up on top of but i do it anyway Mm -hmm. um but the whole like the 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 saying let's love everybody a i don't love everybody and there's a reason for that (laughs) (laughs) not everybody is on my love loving list um but you know, there's, there's certain freedoms and when you, when you have liberty and you have freedom, there's certain things that you can do that are going to be unattractive and unfavorable and just leave a sour taste in your mouth. And you're just going to have to learn to suck it up and move on. Mm-hmm. And that's not where people want to be. They want to be where my feelings should matter to you, but they don't, but the reverse isn't always true. Yeah. And that's, and I think that's where Trump is at is that especially some of the things he has said have been taken clearly out of proportion, such as right. the, everything you said about the what is that that mexican drug group in oh, well, 13 just, i mean a good example is the bleach thing you know oh right you know like he's like clearly i was joking people right <laughs> you know or even the massage he's he's earned a reputation as being a misogynist from one statement he made about women and grabbing them by their hoo-ha yeah you know back during the first one and, and i'm right. just still astounded by people it's like you let that one statement determine a person that's it well but but i think that's the emotional factor right i think people are just grabbing on to anything that fits the narrative that they have in their head 
And they're like, oh, I'm going to hold on to that like a bulldog. Yes. And they just don't let go of it. Uh-uh. No, and they, and that's it's like that's why the popular vote is not the deciding factor in all of this. The overall popular vote is because mm-hmm. people don't. But I think that's, you know, in, in all of the fights and struggles in the past for um, equal rights and voting rights overall has been just that is some people realized other people don't vote um, from a, a well-educated or well-researched position. They vote for you're a jerk and I don't like you. So I'm voting for the mm-hmm. other guy it's, because it's he an emotional pissed vote. me off. It's, at the end of right. the day, it's an emotional vote. Right. All and right. I know. So, so let me ask this, Let, let's ask this question. Let's, uh, let's um, take a journey, if you will, and sure. go back to the beginning of this election season Oh my, and let's was say that, <laughs> yeah, it was like four years ago. Oh my God. Um, so let's just say that, you know, Trump picked Pence back in 2016 because mm-hmm. I think people felt like, okay, Trump's a little bit of a wild card, but we got this yeah. guy Pence over here and he's, you know, he's pretty rock steady. Right. So, right. so he kind of balances the wild card out. Right. right. And, and surely he's not going to let that guy like go blow up nuclear weapons just at random right, right? He'll, so like grounding right so yeah so i think a lot of people saw pence as kind of like this kind of like steadying factor you know a stabilizer so, a stabilizer in this dynamic right, right. But, but now let's fast forward to the beginning of the 2020 election uh-huh. do you think it was smart for trump to keep pence on board um you know when it, he yes and no I think um, making the switch would have made him look more like a narcissist and trying to feed his own ego. Mm -hmm. And he's already earned that reputation. Um, I think um, when it came to, and I say that because I remember specifically, and this is the first thing that popped in my head when you asked that question is I remember him going toe to toe with Kamala Harris Mm -hmm. because he rocked that debate against her. She got emotional. Mm -hmm. Her facial features gave her away. Well, he's really good at that. Oh, he was outstanding. He was, he was, I mean, Granted, compared to the the debate before and after those two, it looked like they were on volume. Yeah, that's the true. other two looked like they were on speed. But um, I, I think that if I think if Trump had gone with a woman vice president candidate yeah, to begin that's with, that's what I was getting to. And, and I know you were. Uh-huh. But I think if he had, I think that would have made a difference to people. Um, but I think also it, it would have called people would have called him out as as being exploitive. Well, and that's I, what I think. I, I think um, Sanders yeah. exploiting the the tribe or with the quad or what are that? What is that yeah. for? Little rat pack of women right. that are driving me up the wall. <laughs> and if if I pray to God they listen to us one day, because I'd really like to have a very long conversation about women's rights and being exploited by an old white dude as a female <laughs> for reals. Mm-hmm. Like I said, so I'm gonna crawl off that soapbox. I'm- so yeah. So <laughs> when you, while you get off it, I'm gonna get back on it. Right. So <laughs> so here's what I was thinking was, let let's just say that as a strategist in the, in the Trump campaign, you said, look, Donald, I know Pence is a good dude and he's done a good right. job, but let's face it. You need a woman to run with you. If you're going to, if you're going to win this thing, you need a girl up there and you know, she's got to be a strong, you know, she's got to have a strong voice. She's got to be well liked. I mean, there's a number of Republican women that could have ran with oh, him as a Tulsi vice president. Would have been awesome. Done a fantastic job. Yeah. As a vice well, president, right? I think, I, I think McCain screwed it up though by choosing Palin. I think that hurt that particular narrative when he pulled when McCain pulled Palin in as his. I mean, it was a good idea to pull a female. He was absolutely mm-hmm. right for doing that. Um, but I think following her, people had such a sour taste in their mouth about a, a strong white female. And somebody who's going to come in with no nonsense attitude. 
Mm-hmm. I think that was rejected a little bit. And, and But she was also Tea Party, I think. Yeah. She but, wasn't I exactly mean, Republican. If he would have picked like somebody like Candace Owens, I mean... Oh, if he had to take, phenomenal. if he had dropped hints for her, that would right? have. I think you would have gotten a lot of votes that way. And then right. so I, I think, I think the other... now, she's got a kicker. She's pregnant. Oh, she So that is. would have been the extra oh. kicker to that yeah. one. She is pregnant. So if you can imagine that, oh, wow. every mother in America would have jumped on that bus right? in a heartbeat. I... Talk about uh, stacking the ballot there. I mean, yes. <laughs> right? for reals. But, you know, let, let's just say he did pick a woman, you know, basically because now he's going up against another old white dude yeah. with a woman right so now you you're evening the ballot out that way and then let's just say he said you know what i'm not going to twitter anymore i'm going to leave that to my communications uh-huh. department do you think he would have gotten a lot of more a lot more votes if he would have just come out publicly and said you know what i'm going to give up the twitter thing you guys want me to be presidential i'm going to be presidential but i'm still going to get stuff done Got You know what? There's one side of me says, yes, absolutely. Cause that's that traditional side of me that says, yes, that would be the way to do it because I don't, I was not happy when, when Obama mm-hmm. started this whole social media campaign for president. Yeah. I don't, I mean, it's my firm belief um, that as president, you shouldn't have time to be on social media. Right. And quite honestly, you've got people for that crap, use right. them and do your damn job. Mm-hmm. So that part of me says, yes. But there's that part of me that likes that genuine business side of Trump because that's what a businessman does. You want your enemy to be, you want his feathers ruffled. You want her mm-hmm. to be out of her mind with emotion. You want to pull, push those buttons because that's how you get the sale. That's how you get stuff done. Yeah. So he's not a politician. And that's no, what's made him he, so he's, good he's at his job. Yeah. yeah. And, and I've thought for a long time when, when a, oh, what's his face was running, which doesn't help at all. Um, Romney. Romney. He was yeah. a business guy too. He's he was mm-hmm. when it came to balancing his politics to his to his business, he was more of a businessman. Right. And I wanted him because of his business savvy. His business acumen is what attracted me. Mm-hmm. Didn't care for him as a personality either, and I still don't. I wasn't real big on his push for religion yeah. into politics. Well, he um, didn't do... have the emotional pull that he needed to win that election. No, at, he at can be, you know, when you've got that strong religious side that keeps coming out, it turns people off. And it doesn't mm-hmm. matter if they're religious or not. It's just the fact of Everybody pray with me. Well, what religion are you praying? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's that there's that separating factor right there because right. Of, of that alone. Um, but I think I think it, like I said, I've and I've said it for a long time. You've heard me say it both on the air and off. If Trump would just drop the dang mic and drop the dang Twitter, the social mm-hmm. media, take his phone away, take that mic away. You know, I think people would have been like. I don't know a whole lot about him, but he's getting the job done. So we're going to keep going this way. You know, but on the other side, though, I mean, with the Twitter, I mean, it is really genuine, right? It's it's completely authentic and it's very transparent. And it's something that we don't see with politicians very often is that transparency. And so I almost wonder, too, if you had taken the Twitter away from him and said, no, no, that's national security. You, you can't do that, Mr. President. You know, we're going to have these people over here do your social media. Well, but then I wonder. so, So I wonder, um, if people would have worried more because they were now not hearing from him on the regular in a genuine, transparent way. Right. And, uh, yeah. But he also, I mean, he was able to put Twitter out there on front street when mm-hmm. they shut his account down with all the, um, you know, um, Ted Cruz at Twitter's uh, CEO or one of the big decision makers on Fox uh, a few days yeah. ago. And they put him on the spot saying, you know, you're not putting anybody else down, but you're putting these guys down, which were all Republicans and mm-hmm. conservatives. And the guy couldn't, 
say anything to that. He's just like, right. I'll get back to you. Like he, I mean, he couldn't come up with one example. And so I think um, through his own arrogant and um, uh, highly negative rhetoric on Twitter, his, all of his posts, I think Trump has put some people out there and said, Hey, are you really for everybody having free speech? Are you really for everybody having their voice? Because mm -hmm. here's mine. Right. And he's probably got one of the harshest voices I've ever seen out there. Mm -hmm. um, and is he telling it like it is? That's his opinion. So, yeah. yeah. And, but I think a lot of us out there who like to state our opinions and like to state um, our ground are for that because we do. I know I've said some unpopular things and I don't care if you don't yeah. like it. That's fine. So and I know so, you have too. So it's, I think mm -hmm. we can relate to that. Oh, completely. Yeah, I think, uh, so, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where this whole thing goes. I don't think we're going to know for a while. I know Pennsylvania had some delay in counting their votes, and they're, they're worth 20, you know why? <laughs> 20 votes. They could, so. they could postmark their ballots, if they, as long as they were postmarked by midnight, mm -hmm. so like 11.59 or 12 o'clock, I'm assuming it's 11.59, the night of the uh, the election, Tuesday night, then their votes count. Mm -hmm. But I kind of wonder how many votes were actually postmark yeah. like how many mail-in ballots are there so i, I kind of feel like this is more of that um media playing with our emotions and media mm -hmm. you know i feel like there's oh i i completely agree i, I <laughs> you know I, to me in 2020 with all the electronics that we have and the amazing systems we have i i don't really understand why it's you know as, as crazy as it is you know we should we should know by now but anyhow we'll we'll uh We'll get through this. We will find out. I'm presuming in the next week or so. You presume, but <laughs> I mean, I feel like that. I think the credits, the ratings, will tell us when we're going to find out yeah. who our next president is. And All whoever right, it so is, so should we should we call it? I mean, if you want to, <laughs> let's go. What, what's your uh, what's your take? I honestly, um, as as much as it looks like Biden has has got it, because I think he just needs six more electoral mm -hmm. electoral votes. Um, Trump has been one that surprises people on the regular. So it would not surprise me because he'll have to take all the states that are left over to win. Right. That's all there is to it. So it would not surprise me. There's only two counties that have not completed their um, polling, I think, in Nevada. And so I think Trump has it. I think he will take all the remaining states. Trump's got a lot of money invested in Nevada. He's got Georgia. I think he's got Pennsylvania. I think he's got North Carolina. I've seen, I just, I think it's going to be his because he's, it's Trump. He's he surprises people. That's so you, all there is to so it. So you think he's going to get Nevada then? Yeah, I think he's got all. I, mean, I think he's got even Alaska. I think he's got all the states remaining. Oh, yeah, I think he's got Alaska for sure. But yeah, they have yeah, Nevada turning blue. So they do. Um, they're most of the states, most of the counties in Nevada are pink right now. So they're they're leaning towards Trump. Two of them mm. uh, were Reno, the county where Reno is at, and the county where um, Las Vegas is at. Mm -hmm. uh, but Trump's got a huge amount of money in Vegas. I mean, between his his casino down there and everything else he's put into that community, um, I, I do think that he's got them all. So, I, does anybody actually live in Vegas? Yes, my uncle does with his <laughs> wife and five There's daughters. Like, what, five people that live there, <laughs> right? No, like he's, the last person to leave. They Everybody do else have is a, a visitor, right? Well, I think probably for you know, I would not surprise me if like fifty percent of their population is tourists. I don't think, yeah. but. I mean, if it's a constant rotation of tours, can you count it? So, I mean, the right. money's being in there. I was in Vegas for a day. I'm going to vote over here. It's a hard city to live in. My uncle told me if he could have done it over, he'd have, he'd have done it over. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's not the best place to raise kids, especially five <laughs> girls. Oh, my gosh. 
I love my cousins. <laughs> All right. So you're calling it for Trump? I am. I know it sounds silly, but I, he's known for surprises. So it wouldn't surprise me if he got it. All right. Well, I'm going to call it the other way just so we have some difference because it would be boring if we both <laughs> called it for Trump. And we'll see who owes who a lunch later on. How's that? I still owe you a steak dinner, dang it. So now we have to well, probably double you know, that I up. can't eat a lunch and a steak dinner at once. I, I used to be able to, but not anymore. I need to be on well, a diet. Two different occasions. I guess <laughs> if you guys are listening, then tell me where I have to take Chris after I lose this one. Oh, make it good. Make it good. Oh, please be kind. All right. So so once the election's called, what what's your what do you think is going to happen if uh, if Trump wins? Um, think there's going to be rioting. Think it's no, it's mass true. destruction. No, it's not. Cities getting burned down. We're not like that. <laughs> that sounds so bad to say, but um, I don't think there'll be any looting or rioting. I think Trump is going to throw his fit and say, "I'd like a recount." Mm -hmm. I do think that if if it is a true um, and honest election, he will transfer power, and despite all the whole, yeah, I, I think so too. I don't think he'll be very happy about it, and I think mm -hmm. he'll say his whole. You guys made a huge mistake type of speech. Um, and then I think we'll probably find out that he's correct. Yeah. That it's, it'll be a huge mistake. Um, it'll it'll take longer than four years for socialism and communism to take over this country. So I think if Biden does win, he would only have four years. If, well, two or three months and then Kamala will have four years. <laughs> All right. So, so let's just say Joe gets in, right? Uh, how long before there's rioting and... <laughs> in mass hysteria over so if Trump gets liberal in, policies. No, if, if Joe, if Joe gets in, if there's, I don't think you'll see much for riots. We're just, no, the I, cities. I, no, I was saying is right after the election, I don't think you're going to see any riots, No, but uh, no. once they implement some of these liberal policies that they've been wanting to, to do these oh. really radical policies, how long do you think before people are going to be like, you know what? I've had enough. I'm done. I think it'll be interesting. So I think the new, I think we will see a new conversation as to how the hell do you throw a president out by the population? Mm -hmm. um, especially from, I think you'll see a lot of um, immigrants trying to take over politics because they came here from socialist um, countries. countries. They came here from Marxist countries, from communist countries, and they came here because of those things. And so I think you will see a lot more, um, the silent majority, I think they're going to start getting a lot more loud. They're going to get well, vocal. I hope so. That would I be hope good. so too. Because it's, that would be good. I mean, and I know I've said for a long time, like, okay, so if Biden wins and Texas secedes from the union, I'm going home because I am a Texan. <laughs> I would go Just, to Texas if they succeeded. Yeah, I'd be. Now you have to be a natural born citizen to get back into uh, that state once they secede. Yeah. Now, and I'm a natural born and I can take my kids. And if somebody's married to me, they can, I can, they can go with me. So for you out there, they want to go for you out there looking for a free ride. Are you, you, you going to sell that? You just sell your I marriage mean, thing? Bo that might be worth something. <laughs> it's going to cost you a lot of wine. I can tell you that much. If, if whoever marries me, just keep me loaded with wine. We're good. I'll make it a good marriage for <laughs> Do you. Do your daily Trader's Joe, you know, run. and I'm going to lead a little bit better quality of wine. I mean, they, I just, you know. Stay in the 10 to 15 bottle range. We're good. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> 10 but, to 15 our bottle. I mean, it's not me? you, you, you just I'm, two buck Chuck, man. No, two, just I don't learn to do like two buck Chuck. That sounds terrible in the wine department. Are you? I won't even it's drink. It's not box terrible. Wine. It's actually pretty good. Oh, you're gonna have to meet a believer for me. cooking wine. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> for cooking wine. All right. Well, I think we beat this whole election thing to death. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, I mean, <laughs> on the election side, please yeah. win Trump. <laughs> please Don't win make Trump. me move back home. 
You, you remember uh, Talladega Nights with uh, Will Ferrell? Oh, it's been a while, but I did where see he, that. Where he praised the little baby Jesus. So he, oh, so he my wins God. the race. Dear little baby Jesus, I hope <laughs> that you help Jesus. me win the race tomorrow. Or as my friend Stacy says, Jesus fix it. Jesus fix it. Jesus <laughs> take the wheel. He was, I need you to do better. Focus. <laughs> Focus. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. With that, let's go to the career workout. Career work. It's time to work that career and lift and push and lift and push. You got it. Now harder. Lift and push. It's the career workout. That introduction is so goofy. I don't know what I was thinking when I recorded it. <laughs> it's so strong sounding though. Lift so and awesome. push. And push. Lift and push. Yeah. Nobody's been doing know, that in COVID. We nobody's been working it. Out there, is that what you say? Is that is that how that goes? <laughs> yeah. Is it real? Is, it, is this a real thing? R- oh write us goodness. in and let us know what that should be. Because <laughs> I obviously don't work out enough, so I don't know. I, I I just bike 10 miles a day. I need a supplement, but I mean... You're, you're killing me. You're <laughs> trying too hard. I'm not trying too hard. I just, I need something to do. I've got my stationary bike I and... I type 10 miles a day. I mean, probably. I've seen the number yeah. of emails you get a day. No doubt. All right, no. so tips for starting a new position, which you happen to have some experience with. I do. So why don't you kick us off and tell us all about that. So I am still in the same... Um, big, huge organization. I was in same big company, just um, found a new job within that company, new organization. So I'm not even in the same department that I was in. Um, But I uh, went from one analyst position to another analyst position. This time it's more of a business analyst. And so starting a new role, there's always some um, challenges to that, some setbacks to that. Um, I think it's, it's, this is a little easier starting out because I actually have the foundational knowledge that I need for this role. So that's nice. I'm not coming in like I normally do where it's, you know, a sink or swim. I've the last several roles I've started. I didn't know anything about, and I just kind of got tossed into the role and I either sank or I, or I swam and um, I'm here today. So clearly I have been swimming. So that's a positive thing, but starting out in a new role can always be really difficult because there is a lot of new information um, can be very overstimulating and overwhelming. And um, from not knowing where the bathrooms are to knowing if what kind of breaks there are to, you know, what kind of boss you're dealing with. And so um, a couple of things that I have been reminded of these um, last uh, 10 days that I've been in my new job. And so it's been really new um, is that uh, communication, there's always questions when you first start out on, there's a lot of information that you get right away, but there there's always questions when you, when you start a new, and some of those are, you know, with today's society and COVID and the way that um, the business environment is changing, um, you kind of, you always wonder if everything's, how things change, how things are going to be different. Um, and so with this new role, um, I had to take time to talk with my boss to find out if personal time is used the same way, if sick time is used the same way, what my breaks look like, do I have control over my lunch hour? I drop kids off in the morning. So is being 15 minutes late to work an okay thing. And can I, do I need to make up that time somewhere else? Um, and so really getting, um, and it, that can be really difficult to d- develop that communication right off the bat with your, with a new boss and in, in a new role or your new trainer. 
but if and it's really not that hard as much as it is just trying to overcome that personal challenge of asking those questions you know if i need to leave early for lunch can i do i get to decide when my lunches are do i need to be at every meeting and so uh, developing that strong foundation of communication and so a good example is my boss my new boss had told me hey you know, if you need to work from home, if you don't feel good, if there's any reason that you're sick, just communicate that. We'll make it work around the house. No big deal. And so I actually have a reason to work from home this Friday. It's the first time in this job. It'll be my uh, the end of my second week at this new job. So I sent my boss an email saying, hey, my kid is out of school. I don't have anybody else to stay home with her. Any reason why I can't work from home or any 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 challenges to that? And she's like, no, you're good. So brand new, it's a, you would think, you know, the first time you're starting a job, you want to um, kind of be on your best behavior and do everything right and everything perfect. But uh, um, this is working out really well just to say, hey, I need this. And she can say, yeah, you can have that. One of the other tips that I'm learning is, um, or kind of being reminded of, is there's a difference. You have an overall culture to a company. And so that overall culture is there. And in my particular company, we're actually changing the culture up a little bit, which is good but I'm working around a whole new subculture. So you have the overall general company culture, and then there is the, um, the culture of the, in, the immediate team members that you're working with. And um, so with that, I'm, um, I've got a whole different dynamic of um, team members that I'm working with. I'm no longer working with, you know, engineers that have similar mindsets, similar processes, um, similar thinking styles. I'm now working a different, um, all different types of skill sets and different mental processes and different thinking types. And so that's, it's interesting and it's new. And so it's just having to be adaptive and agile to those around me. Um, especially some of them are a little bit younger than me and that's okay. Um, I don't know how they see me just yet, but I, I kind of figure out how to see them, how to work with them. So I do a lot of sit back and observing. And I told my boss that I, despite the fact that I'm a talker, as everybody has clearly learned about me, um, I've been, I told my first few weeks, I will be sitting back and observing to learn so I can learn about those around me, audience, learn how to talk to everybody, learn how to challenge others. I think that's one thing I'm really good at is, is posing challenging questions, but I'm good at it because I know how to approach somebody and I know how to speak their language. And that's really important when you're in a new job is learning how those around you communicate how they, how they work, how they listen, how they want to be spoken to, because they don't always know how to tell you that. So you kind of have to figure that out for them and then extend that to them. Um, I think along with this new role is just kind of figuring out the processes. I'm on a brand new team. And when I say brand new team, it's not just new to me, it's new to the company. So there are new processes that not just have to be learned, but developed. There are new um, policies that'll have to be developed, those, a new training program that'll have to be developed. And a part of that's going to fall on my shoulders because that's what I do is training and development, um, analysis of processes, analysis of, of policies to make sure that things are not just working well, but effectively and efficiently. And those, that's all in my, my wheelhouse. And so that is, um, it's kind of an unknown area that's usually you walk into something that's preset and designed and established. And that's all information that's going to be created, not just by me, but in um, collaboration with my teammates. And so that's going to be interesting. That's going to be um, a lot of learning lessons because there'll be a lot of trials and tribulations. And so with that, you kind of have to be willing to own your mistakes 
And I think that's new with any role, you know, in a, a new role, you're always afraid to make those mistakes because you don't want to look stupid and you don't want to, you don't want to look weak or look like you don't know what you're talking about or look like you're not qualified, particularly not qualified for the job. And so that's um, something I'm actually looking forward to that I know most people would probably shy away from. Um, but I think that's, that's what, there's a big, huge unknown in this one, more so than um, what I've usually experienced in a position. Every other position I've had was well-established. It was kind of already set up for me. And all I had to do was make an art of what was already there. And now I'm not only making the art, it's I'm making the art off of a brand new canvas versus a canvas that was already um, put together for me. So those are um, kind of the big three tips for starting a new position. Um, communicate with your boss. Um, observe those around you, learn about your team, and then um, um, be willing to make mistakes in that new role and and kind of figure out how to use your skills. That's the, to your advantage. And, and you're there. I mean, I'm here for a reason. They brought me on specifically and um, they sought me out on purpose. And so that's living up to that standard, which I'm up for the challenge. And I don't think other people realize I'm up for that challenge. <laughs> I think that's going to be something new for them. <laughs> I, I think you're going to do just fine at it. I, I would add, I think those are all fantastic tips and I would add one more to that. And that would be to uh, reevaluate um, once you've gotten your feet kind of stabilized and the, the boat doesn't feel like it's rocking anymore and you kind of got the lay of the land, you know, so a month or two months into your new position, kind of sit down and go, you know, where are my skills? What, what mm -hmm. do I do good in this job? What can I improve? You know, what maybe yes. doesn't work so good, you know, that kind of thing. But, but you really yeah. can't do that. You can do that a little bit coming in, but you really can't do that until you've established yourself and kind of figured everything out and, you know, figured out who's who and had a chance to talk to everybody and that sort of thing. So. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that because we, um, they've made it clear on multiple occasions, um, both during my interview process and since I've been on that, they picked a very diverse group of skill sets and mm. we're not all sure how we all fit in together yet. So <laughs> kind of figuring out who's got what skill sets is part of my job too, to determine, um, cause I have to know how to utilize these people to make my job easier. Cause it's, um, right. I'm not over these people. And that's the other thing too, is I have no authority, mm -hmm. but I'm going to all the responsibility. To, yeah, exactly. And I figure <laughs> out how to manage their skill sets to get my job completed. Yeah. Uh, which I love because that means I'm not the one that's held accountable for their work. I'm yeah. just the one who has to use their work. Awesome. So cool. yeah, it's exciting. We'll see what happens. Uh, we'll see how long I'm there for. I think there's already bids going on as to how long I'll be in this role for. <laughs> well, we'll see. We won't, we won't take uh we won't take bets on this one. Cause oh, yeah, we'll wait. <laughs> we want it to be pretty long and prosperous. Right? I'm sure that's what my boss wants, especially if she's listening right now. And I think <laughs> she's there's, it's getting around that I have a podcast at work. They're uh -huh. like, Ooh, you yeah. you have a podcast. It's like because uh... you have the best boss ever. <laughs> I I had the best boss ever, and now I've no, got the second no, best boss no, ever. No. <laughs> you, you clearly upgraded on that one. What? Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. We'll, well see. Speaking of bosses, should we uh, do career fails? <laughs> Especially <laughs> since I might be the next guy in charge, right? <laughs> Did you see the the what I picked for this article? Uh, I did. Let's do the intro. <laughs> Career fail of the week. Dun dun dun. So you have an article here about Biden in Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. So if you're watching the last debate between Trump and Biden, and mm -hmm. I knew I was going to pick this 
I knew there was going to be articles. I knew there's going to be a bunch of rhetoric on this and a bunch of talk about this because as soon as he said, I was like, Oh, failure, buddy fail. And so during the last debate between Trump and Biden, not to bring up the election, but here we go. Um, Biden was talking about the things he would do as president. And one of those things was talking about shutting down the oil industry. And oh. if you know anything about the oil industry, it's a huge part of our economy. It's a huge part of our livelihood as a country. Many, many, many people rely on the oil industry for their livelihoods, for their mortgages, for their home happiness, for everything. And so um, Biden had said he was going to shut down the oil industry. Well, Philadelphia is one of our big, huge um, providers in that arena, as is Houston and... Um, Ohio, I think is another state. There's a, there's a handful of them, mm-hmm. but it Trump made it clear to Biden at that point in time during that debate, you know, in, in so many words, you know what you said, like these states rely on this area for, for their state's economy, let alone the, the national economy. And so when you're in a position like where Biden was at, where he's up against his, his opponent, you're fighting for one of the, you know, the, I get, they call it the leader of the free world. I don't know if I agree with that terminology in its in, in its exact terms. But you want to be really careful when you start talking about shutting things down that make a huge impact mm-hmm. to, I mean, it's got a direct impact and an indirect impact. And well, so I think say, you, I, you have to be mindful of your surroundings, right? I mean, that's situational awareness. Is, your audience. Like yeah. people, there were people all over the world or all over the U.S. that are like, wait a second, buddy, that's me you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Like that's my and their food in their mouths, the clothes in their back that you're talking about. And that's well, how you, you lose votes very quickly because of have, making statements. But if you were to go back 100 years, he was making this in, in the city, right? In the city of Philly. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, 100 years ago, he didn't have broadcast power way out into the rural areas where now whatever you say, you know, where you are locally doesn't necessarily matter because it's going to be taken out of that context and yeah. put into different context. And I think that's what you need to be mindful of. Well, and he didn't correct himself when he was on that stage. When when Trump clearly said, hey, um, this is not a good thing to say. And Biden didn't say, I mean, this is what I actually meant to say. I don't mean to say that I'm going to do this. But what I mean to say is I'm going right. to regulate it differently. I'm going to do this differently. I'm not going to I'm going to shut this down within it. He clearly said, I'm just going to shut it down entirely. Mm-hmm. And it's like, are you... Well, you have you seen yourself? that picture that's going around of the uh, windmill? No. Uh, so there's a picture going around of a windmill being worked on with a couple of mechanics. And uh, it turns out that uh, it takes quite a lot of oil to make a windmill work because they have gearboxes and the gearboxes need oil in them to keep them from, you know, catching on fire, getting too hot. Right. <laughs> so, well, our automobiles yeah. use oil, our airplanes use right. oil, you know, there's everything. There's a bunch everything. of petroleum products in that windmill. You know, yes. so you can't completely shut the industry down because well, and that kind of impacts this new green deal thing that he has with the quad squad. Does it not? I mean, kind of does. Kind of does. I mean, let's be honest. If, if they implement any part of that new green deal or even get rid of the tax credits for, for buying machinery, which, uh, you know, people who buy airplanes rely heavily on, right. uh, it's going to hurt Wichita really bad where we are. Uh-huh. It's going to have a strong impact on our economy here. It'll have, and, uh, a, I mean, it'll have an impact across the U.S. entirely. Well, it will, but but it will be will be individually. We'll we we'll we'll will feel it early because 
um, you know, our, our large industries are aviation, uh, airliners yeah. and, and business jets and, and the companies that make those products are, well, are going to be shedding people drilling. like crazy. We have oil drilling in Kansas. Not many, not too many people know that, but yeah. in the South part of Kansas, we have multiple, um, areas for drilling. And so, yeah, we'll feel it up here for sure. Well, I know several, for lack of a better term, oil yeah. farmers. And I wonder if it's one of those deals where, you know, you just say what you need to say to get the job, right? And then, then it's like, well, we're not really going to oh. do that, you know. But still, that's that impacts such a huge part of the nation to say something mm-hmm. like that. So in turning that around into a career fail, you know, when you, you see people like Roseanne Barr did something similar when she made the comment to the, oh, and I don't even remember the name of the gal that she, it was a Twitter fight is really what it was. And there was a back and forth and she said something about a a black woman in an ape and put the whole thing together. And that, that, that canceled Roseanne out of the Roseanne, uh, the, the, it was the Roseanne show is what it was or whatever. Mm -hmm. I remember, um, you know, just anything like that or, um, oh, there's another guy he was going to supposed to host a, an award show, a black guy, Kevin Hart, I think is who it was. And I could be wrong. Somebody correct me. Um, but he made a comment, a homo, a homophobic comment years ago, years mm. ago. And that's being held. That was held against him. And he lost his, his seat to, to host that award show. Right. And so just things like that, because we have such a huge cancel culture trend right now. And when you're in business, you don't know, if you don't know your audience, keep your mouth shut, yeah. just straight, wait until it's, wait till it's safe to talk in some yep. cases. And that's, and it, it's just because of things like this, there's, there's some, certain times you should sh- share things and you should challenge um, the status quo. If it mm-hmm. makes sense and it's a good strategy, but if you're just talking out your backside because you can't think on the fly, like uh, clearly Biden did not think on the fly. Kamala Harris <laughs> right. can't think on the fly. Yeah. Trump can, yeah. but that's because he knows how to get emotions flowing and that's mm-hmm. how some people operate in the business. So in meetings, if you can't think on your feet, if you can't think without preparing, if you have no filter, don't talk. It, it's certainly an acquired skill. I will say that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know. I mean, I've heard some stuff too. And it's like, did that sound the same in your head as it did coming out of your mouth <laughs> by chance? I'm just, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, Clearly that did not sound the same. <laughs> well, there's been times I've said something and it's like, you know, that sounded a lot better when I was telling myself that or... <laughs> I heard that after it came out. Yeah. It's, it's, oops. So, so sorry. That's, so be very mindful of what you say in, in business. If you, especially if you're trying to run your own company, um, there's a reason why certain CEOs keep their mouth shut in certain mm-hmm. places. Uh, I know there's a, um, somebody who I, who's a decision maker in their organization and that organization has a form of social media, we'll call it. And as I've asked them about engaging if they do or don't, they say, nope, don't engage. Do not engage on that that specific social media that we have, specific yep. for our company. And when I asked why, they're like, because I have this position in the company and to share my opinions mm-hmm. could be detrimental to me keeping my job. Yep. Oh, okay then. Well, with that, taken. let's <laughs> talk tech because, you know, it's not like we don't have a podcast or anything. <laughs> nice. So we might have our own career fail on here one day. This might become our career. I mean, <laughs> let's hope so. I'm Go to patreon.com slash biz and mayhem. Biz and mayhem. Let's talk tech. You're in the IT corner. So this week we have a new uh, piece of software that we're using called StreamYard. 
and uh, we're actually using it to record the episode and uh, it's allowing us to do video and so you can see us and so we're not just a crazy voice coming out of the car radio. Um, we're still going to publish the podcast on Apple iTunes and all of the other podcast places so you can so you can get the audio there. It's just that uh, we're going to do these live now broadcast yes. to Facebook. So uh, if you want to watch it as soon as you can without any sort of editing at all, I don't yeah. know why you would want to do that. Awesome, uh, but because you can, unfiltered is awesome. Unfiltered is awesome. Unfiltered that's, is raw is the way to be. That's not what a vodka connoisseur says. Vodka? Yeah, wine or vodka? No, no, no. Filtered is good with oh, vodka, right? right? Don't filter. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. on board with that. So, anyhow, mm-hmm. we're going to be uh, posting these t- live as we broadcast them to uh, Facebook, so you can watch us live on Facebook. Uh, we'll be doing those on uh, Wednesday nights now, I think, but about uh, eight fifteen or eight thirty uh, yeah. Central Time. Now we're, and, we are uh, married to a time, Chris. We gotta we gotta keep it so. We'll maybe keep that for a day, a week or two. We'll, we'll see how long we can keep that up. Tell us what you uh, like to see. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're going to stream live to Facebook on Wednesday nights. And then uh, sometime later in the week, we'll post the audio version up to the podcasters so you can catch us on your car ride, on your commute. And uh, so the, the new software is kind of cool. It's uh, it's pretty neat stuff. And, uh, so if you see any technical difficulties is cause we're total newbies trying to figure this out and, uh, we'll, we'll eventually get better at it. So please bear with we us. But, uh, yeah, so I think this is pretty cool that we can do the video. So now we can show screens and things like that and look see? at stuff on the internet and, and now if you guys videos. In, if you guys chime in, you get Chris to wear crazy hats. I know That's he's got right. some stuff, lipstick so, and other things. Just let us lipstick. No, I'm drawing I mean, a line there. Yeah, well, we'll let we'll let your daughter put some stuff on you oh, before the yeah. show. Oh, no. yeah. We'll let her get you makeup, hair and makeup. That's what it is, hair and makeup. Yeah, she can do the hair and makeup in ten years. <laughs> I love her, but she's uh, she's actually getting pretty good at doing her own makeup. So yeah, I've got to give nice. her props for that. So, but Sweet. yeah, so Streamyard's kind of cool. Um, so we're going to be doing this broadcast live to Facebook now, um, and then we're going to post to the uh, podcast uh, online just the audio version. So. Um, and then I think we're going to be able to put the actual video replay on YouTube. Uh, so you can either go watch it on Facebook or YouTube after the show. So, um, although I don't know why anybody would want to rewatch this. I mean, I'm going to rewatch yeah. it. I just like, I like <laughs> to be the only one. So. I mean, I'm okay with that. I usually am <laughs> the only one. <laughs> All right. So that's our, that's our tech corner and, uh, streamyard.com is the software we're using. So if you want to do this sort of thing yourself, um, it's kind of like a zoom meeting, but a little bit fancier. And about the same cost, so that's uh, that's my tech tech tip for the week. So, Yay. ready to do some media madness? Yeah, I've got a cool one, a little more of the cool. <laughs> Welcome to media madness. That laugh cracks me up every time. Right? Isn't that awesome? It's not my laugh. I'm jealous. <laughs> I so thought it was. I'm like, what did he drink before he did that? So we we both kind of have like copy kind of uh cops and robbers cops and killers thing huh oh well yeah i'm glad you're going first because this way at least we'll get to hear you before we're turned off after me because <laughs> <laughs> i might i might freak some people out i don't know you're gonna we're, i don't know about that <laughs> well <laughs> go ahead though you all right so um so i've got uh what's called the fuzz and the fuzz, fuzz is a show on uh i think it was on hulu that i watched it on 
Um, but uh, did you ever watch that uh, movie, The Happy Time Murders? No, I don't think so. Uh, so it's you would you would remember it. It's uh, like puppets that uh, it had Melissa McCarthy in it. Oh, and, see if it was Melissa. Oh, Melissa McCarthy, not Jen, Jen, Jenna, Jen McCarthy. What is? I don't know. What is it? Uh, yeah. Ooh, so, no, I would have recognized that. What is that? Can our can our folks see that too? Oh yeah, yeah. They can oh. see the uh, the screen oh, here, and uh, so God. this is the fuzz, and it's basically if you take the Muppets and turn them into a cops and robbers, you know, oh, serial God. killer kind of show. It's uh, it's kind of like the Muppets meets um the Sopranos, basically. Oh my and, God. And uh, the Muppets are selling jelly beans instead of drugs. They're selling jelly beans. And so this. It looks like Thomas the Train. It, it's I'm actually scared. a helicopter. You, you yeah. have to watch. So so this guy here in the middle, he becomes like a drug kingpin, right? And he, he uh, the way he gets is kind of interesting because he kind of kills the other guy that was the drug kingpin that was a human, you know? So now he's the but first Muppet. The Muppets Muppet. are killing each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like it's murder evil. and drugs and all that oh kind of stuff. God. And then there's, a, uh, there's another Muppet here. He's the. This Muppet here, he's a cop. What so happens goes, when you shoot him in the head? Does he, he spurt goes, blood or fur uh, or fuzz? No, fuzz. They, oh the filling. <laughs> it's totally, you, you got to watch it. It's, it's, it, oh uh, yeah. It's, it's like all the bears in business. Yeah. So <laughs> if, if you thought I was going to bring you some like, you know, oh really intellectual thing to oh, read so this funny. week. Yeah. I think, no. yeah, you might be more morbid than mine. Yeah. <laughs> you this is the fuzz. No, that's not it. That's the. That's an advertisement. Oh my! That reminds me of Roger Rabbit when they're killing cartoon characters. Pretty, pretty much, yeah. Oh my gosh, that is funny. It's uh, you, you gotta oh. watch it. It's. I'm gonna take this back to Bo, and he's gonna roll his eyes at me. No, he's gonna get through like the first two, and then he's gonna be hooked. <laughs> it's totally guilty pleasure watching stuff. You're, you're watching this thing, and you're like, I can't believe I'm watching this. I'm an adult watching Muppets kill each get other. Murdered. Yeah. It's totally oh the Muppets God. meets Sopranos. I mean, it's that is so funny. Same storyline-ish, you know. And it, I think awesome. it's one season, or I think it's I think it's one season, they but they leave it open for another one. So, do they are they going to get picked up for second season? Uh, I don't know. I think it's this is a couple a uh, couple years old, so I, I doubt oh, it. Wow. But uh, I, I hope they do because you know it's just stupid watching. Oh, that's you know? funny. When you oh. don't want to use any brain power, <laughs> yeah, is, clearly not. This is the stuff. That so. is awesome. What okay. have you got? Well, it's going to be a little bit of a letdown now. So bear with what? me. So um, being that we have a podcast, I thought, you know, I probably ought to check out some other podcasts and kind of uh -huh. see what's going on in the world. And so I've got some normal, you know, political podcasts or whatever. And then I ran across this one. And I thought, oh, Unsolved Murders. I remember watching Unsolved Mysteries as a kid. And I loved that show, despite the fact it scared the crap out of me. Um, but being a young kid, why wouldn't it? So I thought, oh, I'm going to check this out. And I was driving and I turned it on and I just got hooked instantly. I, I don't know what my problem is with unsolved murders. And it led me to another one, which I'll share next week. But so there's two people, um, Carter and Wendy go through. They just, um, I mean, they've got somebody who researches, but they talk about uh, murders that have never been solved. Mm. And so, so these are real, like this these is... are all real, and then they kind of read them in old time radio talk. So the two of them are going back and forth. They each read a few lines, and mm -hmm. they both have that real macabre sounding voice, and it's you know very dramatic, and they really pull you in, and it's is really it, is it kind of like then Jimmy walked down the hall and he opened the yes. door. What did he see? 
Yeah, pop, it's pop, got pop, that pop, old pop, radio feel. Yeah. And then they have some, you know, dramatics. There's some people, um, some theater people in there to give you some more of the cool. uh, mental picture. So, but they, they're all real stories. Like, um, for instance, you're familiar with Stanford University. I think many mm-hmm. of us are. I did not know that A, the founder of Stanford University was a female. Oh, I um, Jane either. Stanford. Yep. I didn't know she's the one who started with her husband. And mm-hmm. then I didn't realize that she was murdered. Oh. And nobody knows exactly who killed her. There's some, her, her murder remains unsolved. Wow. And I thought, wow, that is so crazy. And they go anything um, from that's fairly recent to um, a few years ago, mm-hmm. to all the way back to, I just listened to an old one, um, Cleopatra wow. and in her story. And it's just, it's just outstanding. So, and there's some of them you will be familiar with and some mm-hmm. of them you will, you never will have heard of. And so it definitely draws you in to listen to more. And so very exciting, very, um, and, I, and do they give you all the details? No, there's some, there's a couple that I have listened to that I thought, eh, I, I know better than that. I know you guys are missing some stuff, but it's, it's dramatic. Mm-hmm. They want you to listen. They want you to engage. So when they did the Jack the Ripper one, um, it was a three part mm. um, series that they did and they brought in a pair from another podcast from this is from the Parcast network, I think is what it's called. Okay. And so I'll talk about that when the other podcast that these where the two others came from. I'll talk about that next week. But they did Jack the Ripper. And I know a lot about Jack the Ripper because my mother is a ripperologist, is what they call those people who are obsessed with that guy. Mm-hmm. And so um it's really now they did a really great job of tearing him apart because they'll go into they'll get into the psychology of some of the murders too. And so it's really, really cool. But it's it's very storytelling. Um, this one is so it's it's addictive it comes out once a week i think they produce i think the episodes released on mondays so yeah if you're into unsolved mysteries and that kind of old school type of storytelling but something believable this is definitely a way to go um and again some stuff you'll you'll recognize like bobby fuller was the guy from the bobby fuller four who who uh sang the cover song i fought the law Mm. i didn't know he was murdered Oh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, his his murder remains unsolved to this day. It wasn't even Hmm. investigated. So there's some really neat stuff in there. So I like the macabre stuff like that. So it kind of kind of addicted. In 223 episodes, you've got a lot of uh, back catalog to go through. It sounds like I've been going through them. I have a 20 minute drive to work. I'm so bad. (laughs) You're (laughs) going to need a 200 hour (laughs) drive across the country to go go through all that. No, what's bad though is. I, I, of course, Halloween's the great, the, the best time to start this, right? Because it's mm-hmm. apparently a, an obvious choice to start this. Well, I was listening to, um, I think it was Jack the Ripper, or the, I can't, I think it was Jack the Ripper, and and it's, I'm, this is good and bad because my brain, you know, your brain will trick you into being scared of things. It'll trick you into doing certain things, right? So right. they have all the sound effects to go with these things to get you really into it. Mm-hmm. So one night I'm listening to it. I'm having to, to run a quick errand at night. I say at night, it's like six o'clock, right? But it's still dark here. <laughs> You're all freaked out over this stuff. Well, not, not quite yet. I'm just driving and enjoying the drive, uh-huh. enjoying the, the whole theater of it all. And then my son texts me, say, Hey, me and girlfriend are going to go get something to eat. We'll be back later. I have no idea how long they're going to be gone. Right. So I'm like, right. oh, okay, no big deal. I get home and I was like, God, I really want to keep listening, but I need to keep it not into the house when I'm by myself home alone. At night. <laughs> and then I started getting like, Oh crap. I'm freaked out. I should probably yeah. don't listen. Do not have Alexa play that. Don't do not have Alexa play that. <laughs> 
So I'm trying to, I had Alexa play 80s music instead to change the change, change the it up, huh? my head. And it didn't help. I'm still thinking about the Jack the Ripper and I'm still uh-huh. thinking about what I'd heard. I didn't hear the garage door open and I didn't hear the interior door open. Oh no. And so I, t- I turned around to find my son and his girlfriend standing there and I was like, ah! Oh my God. I'm like, are you okay? You don't ever scare. I'm like, what are you two doing? I like, thought you heard us walk in. Like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. I'm I'm fine. I'm I'm good. But only in the car do we listen to the scary stuff. New rule, gotten, huh? I've gotten better about it, but yeah, it was New tough rule. to train my brain. But it's a great podcast. I'm really I'm it's easy to get into if you like that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, should we wrap this thing up? We should probably wrap it up, I suppose. Yeah. So with that, uh, we thank you for listening. And uh, we're, we're very disappointed that it's our time this week is up. And we're going to see you next week on Wednesday, right? Yes. Hold us to it. At uh, eight, around 8.15 Central yeah. Time, we're going we're gonna to start the broadcast. So check it out on Facebook. And uh, if you need the show notes for this episode, go to bizandmayhem.com. That's B-I-Z-A-N-D-M-A-Y-H-E-M.com. And uh, look for the latest episode. This is episode 16. We'll have the show notes there. And, uh, you, of course, you can listen to us on all your favorite podcasts. So Please listen to us. Please listen to us. Please. And send us some monies because this is not free. So. Yes. But we thank you for listening. And, as always, if you have any comments or questions, please make sure to get a hold of us. And uh, comments or or the the way to get a hold of us is in the show notes. So till next time, have fun in the mayhem. Have fun in the mayhem. The Biz and Mayhem podcast is produced by Check 6 Creative Studio. If you have a podcast or been wanting to start one, let us know. We'd love to help you produce and edit your podcast. We'd also love to work with your business on marketing and video production. Visit us on the web at check6studio.com. That's C-H-E-C-K-S-I-X-S-T-U-D-I-O.com. Let us know you heard about us on the Biz and Mayhem podcast.